I would if things were better. Ask Paul and Silas about that. Paul and Silas were sitting in jail. Their backs were hamburger from getting beaten. And all they did wrong was preach the gospel. If anybody could have been sucking their thumbs and saying, poor, poor, pitiful me, it would be Paul and Silas. But it said, the Bible says, at midnight, they began to sing praises to God. Some people would say, what is wrong with these? (laughs) Fill in the blank. (laughs) What is wrong with these guys? But when they began to praise God, there was an earthquake in it opened the doors and they walked out free but it's because they made a choice to praise and whenever people make a choice to praise God prison doors begin to open and we may not be in physical prisons today but we have a lot of other bars that are surrounding us in our lives things that are keeping us and holding us back from where we want to be and I was standing in just in line on the way here at store and someone was purchasing something and they bought it and they said I'm really trying to quit this year first day we always think about those resolutions right I'm going to quit this year and my heart went out to them because I wanted them I wanted so bad to just say you know who can help you quit you know who has the key to every prison door His name is Jesus. Amen. His name is Jesus. And sometimes he opens that door immediately and we walk out. And sometimes it takes a little work. And I don't understand the difference sometimes. Why? But I know there's always sufficient grace when we go to God. Amen. I don't pretend to have all the answers, but I know when I call on his name, And when I give him worship and praise, things begin to happen that are far above my ability. Amen. We're going to turn to Philippians 3 and spend a few minutes in the word of the Lord today. Thank you for spending the first day of the year in church with us. Amen. I would set my timer to see how long it takes me, but I only have 1% battery. This is not going to help me very long. I think I'll... I'm going to try to be short, but not that short. Amen. If you want to stand for the reading of the word, we just do that to honor him. Believe it or not, I wasn't so hyped up when I came to church today. I was actually pretty tired. But when we got in the presence of God and his spirit began to move, I'm just feeling a lot of faith right now. I'm feeling a lot of excitement about this year. I'm feeling a lot of joy and a lot of peace. Because his spirit is here. Amen. I'm thankful when he shows up. We do our best and God does the rest. My best was making it today. My best was getting here and saying, God, I need your help. (laughs) But man, when I came into the presence of the Lord, amen, God began to move and I'm feeling a whole lot better. So excuse me for being a little happy today. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 through 14. Philippians 3 and verse 12 says, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect. In other words, I haven't arrived yet. 
but I follow after. I may not be there, but I'm heading in that direction. If that I may apprehend, I might grab a hold of that for which I am grabbed a hold of, of Christ Jesus. If I can get a hold of what got a hold of me. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Life becomes a lot more simple when we boil it down to one thing. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto the things which are before. I've got to let, let that go, whatever happened, and I've got to reach forward unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I'm always excited every year to find out what God would want to speak to us about the year. And this, this year, our theme is simple. Three words. Onward and upward. Moving onward and upward. Amen. God is leading us to a new place this year for all who will accept by faith His direction. Amen. Lord Jesus, we're thankful for the opportunity to come into your presence today. To lift us up to sit in heavenly places with you, Jesus. It's your spirit that lets us feel a little bit of heaven on earth. Lord Jesus, we get plenty of things that make us feel the struggle and the difficulty of this life. But Lord, to come into your presence and feel the joy. To feel the peace. To get a little bit of heaven today brings me great joy and I'm thankful that you are here and Lord I pray and just in the next few moments you'll encourage us that you have something for every single one of us today to move onward and upward to leave the past behind to forget about those things which have happened in the past and move forward press forward in Jesus name to move toward the prize the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus Lord, I pray you give us strength in the next few moments. I know you're here. I feel your presence. I feel your joy. I feel your peace, God. And I pray that you continue to be with us for the next few moments. And I know that you will not leave us nor forsake us, Lord, as we keep our focus on you. Lord, we give you glory. We give you praise. One more time, can we just praise him and thank him for what he's doing in this place today? Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise today, God. You are awesome, Lord Jesus. You are awesome, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Won't you just take a moment to greet someone near you? Just say onward and upward this year. Onward and upward this year. Amen. We're moving together. Onward and upward. Moving on up. Amen. You can be seated. I'm thankful that God calls us to move because sometimes I get sick of where I'm at. It's okay to be unsatisfied with where you are. There's a a fine line and a delicate balance between where Paul said that I've learned to be content in all things. To be thankful for what God has provided at this moment. 
We have to have a, an attitude that enjoys the journey. Because if we only live for the destination, we're disappointed all the time because we haven't got there yet. If we always live for tomorrow, we never enjoy today. Right? So it, it, there is a balance. And, and though I, I shouldn't be satisfied completely with where I am, I need to learn to be content with where I am. That is true. But there is an element where we have to learn to move forward. Move forward. And Philippians, again, as we read, I want to just readdress those scriptures. And I don't know if this sounds a little loud to you, the microphone, but maybe, Brother Ryan, if you could turn it down just a little bit. Not as though I had already attained. Either were already made perfect. And we're talking about Paul, the one who was one of the greatest men of God to ever walk the earth. He didn't live as though he was perfect or he had already attained. So that should give us some encouragement, right? <laughs> if he, one of the greatest men of God that ever lived, didn't feel like he was perfect, it's okay if we feel the need to continue to grow. It's okay to say, okay, I need to be a little bit closer to Jesus than I am right now. I need to continue to move forward in Christ. There is more that is available to me. But I do follow after. I continue to follow after that I might grab a hold of this. I count on myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. And yesterday, uh, when we did our combined service, we mentioned the verse, and I believe it's in Isaiah, where he says, Remember not the former things of old, because I want to do a new thing in you. Sometimes we can limit God by what we have experienced in the past. Well, God's done this much for me, and I can believe He'll do that much for me again, but what about more than what He's done for you in the past? What about having a greater experience in Christ? What about having more victory and more authority in Him? Forget those things which are behind and press forward. In verse 14, it says, press toward the mark. That gives me the indication it's not always going to be easy. If you have to press, there's some effort involved, right? I have to press toward the mark. I have to put some energy and effort into this. I can't just sit in the recliner and expect it to happen. One of the New Year's resolutions almost everybody universally adopts is losing a little bit of weight. When I put this jacket on today, it reminded me. This needs to fit a little bit less snug. I need to lose a little bit of weight. And we, we're so excited in the beginning of the year. We have our exercise program. We have our diet planned out. We are ready to be fit. Somewhere throughout the year, we go back to the recliner. 
And when it's time to wake up, the alarm says exercise, we say snooze. I'm not getting up again. I'll wait till next New Year's and I'll start all over again. It takes some pressing. No matter how much we want it to happen, if we don't do something, it won't happen. We could wish all day. We could stare at our stomach all day. (laughs) Change. Go down. Get smaller. Please. We can do that all day long. Guess what? Nothing's going to happen. Right? You got to press. You got to do something. And so in Christ, it's the same. We, we can sit there and we can stare at the Bible. And we can say, change me. Change me. But if we don't do anything, we're not going to get changed. Right? We're not going to grow in Christ. We have to do some spiritual disciplines just like we have to do some physical exercises in the flesh to lose weight or to get fit. We have to do some spiritual things to get fit. We have to read the Bible a little bit. We have to pray a little bit every day to grow. And if we miss a day, we don't have to wait till the next year to start over. If we miss a week, we realize, you know what, the last week I haven't even read the Bible. You don't have to wait till the next year. You can say, let's get back on the wagon. <laughs> let's get back on track. And there is a law that happens just like if we will make the effort in the physical. We will see spiritual results when we make an effort spiritually. I probably should have looked it up, but it just came to mind, so it's a little late. But I wonder what gym memberships are like in January. I wonder how many people go to the gym in January. And then throughout the year, you just see a little less, a little less, a little less. And sometimes that happens with church. People have New Year's resolutions about living for God, but we fall off. But you don't have to wait a year. You can just say, I'll start today. I'm do better today. And we will have results. It's a law of reaping and sowing. If we sow to the Spirit, we will reap of the Spirit. Got a couple people that believe it. It's okay if I tease you a little today. Press toward the mark. I'm going to grow in Christ this year. That's great resolution. In fact, it's the best resolution. But let's stay on track. The children of Israel wandered in the wilderness and as I was praying about today the Lord kept bringing this to my mind and I feel like I mention it sometimes fairly often but some of you have never heard it so you won't have to worry about it but the children of Israel 
They turned an 11-day journey. Okay, from Egypt to the promised land, it was an 11-day journey. If they would have just went straight there, if they would have said, God delivered us, now we're going to go possess the land, it would have taken them 11 days to get there. But instead of it taking 11 days, it took 40 years. Now that's being lost and stubborn. Have <laughs> you ever been in the car with someone and you keep seeing the same place? You're trying to find something? Haven't we seen this gas station before? Haven't we passed this place before? And believe it or not, in Deuteronomy 2 3, the Lord had to tell them, You've compassed this mountain long enough. You've been going in circles long enough. Don't you ever get tired of dealing with the same mountain? And by mountain, I'm meaning metaphorically a problem in our life. You've dealt with this problem long enough. You've dealt with this issue long enough. Turn northward. Move onward. They had a promise. And Caleb, was, Caleb and Joshua were two of the men who decided they could actually do it. If you remember the story, they, they sent in the 12 spies to the land that God had promised. They came back, and 10 of them said, it's everything God said it was and more, but there's giants. We're not able to do it. As if God promises something and won't help you. Like God is just this, this big bully who gets a kick out of telling somebody, you can have this, and then he pulls it away. Hey, you want to use my phone? <laughs> no. God's not three. He's not a, a juvenile. God wants us to inherit promises. He wants us to have victory. He wants us to move forward. But in order to do so, we have to be willing to believe God and do something about it. Numbers 13.30, all the people are freaking out. It doesn't say that in the King James, but that's what they're doing. They're freaking out. Because they're all complaining, they're all moaning, they're all whining and crying that they can't go to the promised land. And Caleb stands up and he says, let us go up at once. Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. We can do this. If God is with us and He promised it to us, we can do it. And instead, the group of people decided... You know what? We can't do this. And because of their choice, they couldn't. I've heard it said, whether you say you can or you can't, you're right. If you say you can do it and you do it, you're right. If you say you can't do it, you're not going to do it, so you're right. 
Our mindset has to be challenged today. Am I going to believe God to move forward in my life? Or am I content to continue to go in circles? And some of us, I'm speaking as a pastor today, not as your friend, okay? I am your friend, but I'm also a pastor. Some of us have been doing this. And we're frustrated. And we're upset. And we can't understand, why do I keep going in circles? Why does this keep happening to me? Why can't I have a change of scenery? Because you've got to have faith to move forward. It's not God's will for us to continue to do this. I've seen this before. I've been here before. I've been... This is going to happen now. Well, are you going to let God figure it out or are you going to try to tell Him what to do? We've got to move forward. And I don't have all the answers today. I'm not pretending to have all the answers, but I know if we follow the Lord day by day, He will lead us. But that's part of the problem is, we want to have three chapters down the road given to us. God, you show me where I'll be in three days and I'll follow you today. No. Sometimes God only gives us enough to get the next step. It takes trust to give up control and to move forward. The Bible is a lamp unto our feet, not a crystal ball into our future. A lamp is something you carry in the dark and it shows you enough of, the, of your future to not trip and fall. The Word of God is going to show us little by little by little. And we have to be willing to keep moving in the direction God is leading. We don't have to have all the answers before we step forward. God wants us to overcome. And unfortunately what happens sometimes is as people are going in a circle and they're deciding that this thing of living for God isn't what they signed up for and it's not what they expected and they thought it was going to be better than this and the whole time obviously God has a promised land for them if they would just go into it but instead because of their unbelief they're doing this and then while they're doing this instead of looking forward they begin to look back at Egypt when we were in Egypt we had better food when we were in Egypt we had this when we were in Egypt we had that and they begin to romanticize the past And instead of moving forward into the promise, they go back to slavery. Because in Egypt, I had more pleasure in my flesh. In Egypt, I could eat what I wanted. And it was better than right now. And in the midst of their wandering, they decided to go back to being a slave. Because the reality of sin is it's a slave lifestyle. When we live in sin, we are slaves. The Bible says we have one of two masters. We can either serve him or we can serve sin. People that are living in sin and they point to Christians and say, 
You just do what everybody tells you to do and you're, you, have, you need to control your own life. They're deceived. Because they have a master that they serve. It may be their flesh. It may be habits or desires that they have. But they serve something. They have a master. They're happy to remain slaves in Egypt than come out and be delivered. I want to choose to serve Jesus. I want to follow after Jesus. Because in Christ there is liberty. In Christ there is freedom from sin. And again, it doesn't mean it happens all at once. Sometimes it's a process, as I said. But if there's something in your life that's destructive, God wants to give you victory. If there's something in your life you're struggling with that's bad for you, God wants to give you victory. The Bible says He came to give us life. That we might have life more abundantly. God wants us to have life today. He wants us to possess the promises that He has for our lives. He wants us to quit going around the same mountain and move forward. Matthew 17. Matthew 17 and 20. Caleb had the faith that says, Give me this mountain. And that's amazing faith. But because of the power of the Holy Ghost and the living in the new covenant, we can have an even greater authority. In Matthew 17, 20, Jesus said unto them, This is because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove. And this next phrase, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. We can speak to a mountain and have it be removed. Now, what is the faith of a grain of mustard seed? We're going to be worshiping the Lord shortly, closing. Mustard seed faith, sometimes we say, okay, all I need is, if you don't know what a mustard seed is, it's very, very small, about the size of a point of a pin. So some people say, all right, if I have just that much faith, I can speak to a mountain. But that's not what mustard seed faith is in this context. What mustard seed faith is, is faith that starts that small, But if you plant a mustard seed, it doesn't stay that small. It produces a tree. So what it's talking about is my faith starts this small, but it grows. And if I will allow my faith to grow, then I will have the faith to remove problems in my life. I will have the faith to say, this thing has controlled my life long enough. 
It is not going to control me anymore. And that's not a self-help thing. That might sound like, okay, I'm going to will this into existence. No, that's not what I'm saying. It's not about more willpower because I have found out many times, and I will in the future, my will is not enough. It's not just me saying, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and doing it in my power. No, it's speaking out of the faith you have in God. That God is going to give me the power to overcome this. You're not speaking of faith in yourself. You're speaking of faith in God. You're speaking something that hasn't even happened yet. That's what faith is. If you say, I'll speak it when it happens, then you don't have to have faith. If something already happened, it doesn't take faith. If you've seen it, it doesn't take faith because faith believes what we have not yet seen. So what I'm saying today is we haven't seen all that's going to happen in the coming year. We haven't seen all the victories that God wants to bring this year. But today, in a moment, as we close, I want us to begin to speak by faith some things that are going to happen in our lives. Through Christ. Not because I'm going to try harder, not because I'm going to make it happen, but because I'm going to surrender to God. I'm going to be reading the Bible. I'm going to be praying and doing what I should be doing. I'm going to go to church when the doors are open. And if, I, if I'm faithful to do the things that I know I should do, God is going to give me the grace to overcome this. We're very well acquainted with confessing our sins. We understand I have to confess my sin, right? We're professionals at confessing sin. We're good at that. Which we should be, because the Bible says to confess our sin. And if we confess our sin, He's faithful and just us to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us. So, yeah, we need to confess sin. But it also says we need to have a confession of our faith. We need to speak faith. Because there's something that happens when we say it. If we're going to say it, it first has to be in our heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Right? So if we're going to believe and speak something, then it starts here. It starts here to say, God can help me do this. God can help me overcome. And I'm speaking with principled terms today, and I I hope that it's not lost, that I'm not up here trying to give us self-help stuff today. But as we confess faith in Jesus, because again, we, we get in these habits of speaking negative all the time. The power of the tongue to give life and death. And we say, I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to do that. This is going to happen. That's going to happen. Tomorrow's going to be horrible. We have to change our approach. The children of Israel wandered in circles 
till all of those people that had no belief died. <laughs> they all had to die in order for them to move forward. So why don't we just let our unbelief die and we can live? <laughs> let our unbelief die in the wilderness and move forward. It wasn't that God wasn't willing to do it. It wasn't that God would not give them the land, but they all they could do was complain. All they could do was be negative. And that's why they couldn't have the promise. That's why they couldn't move onward and upward. Not because it was Moses' fault. Not because it was God's fault. But because of their own unbelief. And I'm not trying to get on anybody's case today. I'm getting on my case as much as your case. Okay? I'm not grinding an axe. I'm just telling you. If I don't see God's promises in my life this year, I can't point to you and say it's your fault. I have to say, it's Dallas's fault. It's my fault. It's my unbelief. If God is telling me to go there and I don't go there, it's not his fault. It's not your fault. It's me. It's me. On the other hand, if we'll simply be like Caleb, okay, I don't want to end on a negative note. I want to end on a positive, okay? If we will just simply be like Caleb, if God said it, we can do it. And let's not wait till tomorrow. Let's go up at once. Let's go into the promises. Why hang out here when it's better over there? Why settle for this when we can have that? Why not move into the promises of God? And the reason why I struggle a little bit today is because you're going to have to resolve what that is in your life. I wish I could walk around this room and tell everybody this is what God is saying He wants to do in your life. That's what my heart is struggling today. I wish I could do that. I could walk up to you and just say, this is what God is saying you need to go. But what I do believe, as you pray, if you will pray, He will show you. I trust the Spirit of God to show you where He wants you to go. But you have to ask Him. Again, you can't sit back and say, somebody come tell me. Ask. And you shall receive. God will speak to you. Well, you mean I don't need a pastor to tell me everything? No, we are not a church. I don't want to say the name because I'm not about disparaging other beliefs or faiths, but they believe you go talk to the head guy. <laughs> I'm having to avoid a lot of words. You tell him all your sins and he forgives you. He gives you every direction for your life. That's not this church. Because that's not the Bible says. The Bible says we go to God himself. We can talk to Jesus and he talks back to us. Huh? Yes, Jesus talks to us. He doesn't just talk to me, he talks to you. And that's what's so amazing about living for God is you can have your own relationship. 
And we encourage each other and God will use us to encourage each other, give each other advice and encouragement and all that. I'm not saying that doesn't happen, but I'm saying there's also this part where you need to talk to God yourself. I don't cleanse your sin. I don't forgive you. Jesus does. Neither can I give you all that you need Jesus can, though. Jesus can. Anna's going to come and we're going to sing a a song as we conclude today. And again, what I want our attitude to be about approaching this new year is that great things are going to happen in the Lord. And again, it's not saying... If you just believe, you're going to have a million dollars tomorrow. Check your bank account. It'll happen. It won't. (laughs) It probably won't. Who knows? God can do whatever he wants, but it probably won't. I'm not being ridiculous today. But I am saying the more you trust God this year, the more you are going to walk in victory. The more you're going to overcome the things we struggle with, we all struggle with the negative things in life. We're going to overcome it as we trust in Him. And so the song we're going to sing is, as we come to a close today is a song uh, called Oceans. And it's talking about, Lord, lead me out on the water where my feet may fail. Okay, that's why we don't want to go out there. <laughs> Because we have to trust fully in Jesus. Once we've gotten out of the boat, there's no going back. Jesus, lead me where I'm not walking in my own strength anymore. I'm not, I'm not making up the script anymore, but I'm just following you. And Peter was able to walk on the water because he trusted in Jesus and if you remember the only reason he sank was what he looked away from Jesus and he looked at all the storm and all that was going on and he lost his faith because he quit looking at Jesus as long as he looked at Jesus he walked on the water but when he noticed everything else he began to sink but again Peter had enough sense once he sank to say Lord help me and Jesus reached down immediately and helped him we serve a God of grace today. He's not going to say, try to swim for a while and let you learn a lesson. No, he reached down, picked him up. I'm thankful for that because I start to sink many times. But as soon as I say, Jesus, have mercy on me, he reaches down and picks me up and guides me back. Amen. He loves you today. I've, I've challenged us today. But I guarantee you, God wants to love you today. He only challenges us through His Spirit because He loves us. And He wants more for us. Just as if you have children and you want what's best for them, you're going to try to challenge them to do what is best for them, right? If you love them, you say, don't do that, right? I hope you care enough about that. That's what He's saying today. Is He's saying, I have so much more. I have so much better. I have a land that flows with milk and honey if you just follow me.
So if you want to today, you can stand, you can remain seated, but we're going to just sing this song and let it be a prayer today. Let it be a prayer. Lord, lead me, Jesus.